Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to talk to you tonight, and the title is a great title, I tell you. Uh, it really is running to win. I'm glad you're so excited. Praise God. That was a great title. But wait, till we, wait till you hear what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about disciplining your body. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. But anyway, Paul said this. 1 Corinthians. You got it? Come on. Are you alive out there tonight? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Paul said, uh, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain or you may win. You know, when you're in a race, it's only one winner. Right. I know that we live in such a goofy society that they're trying to change that, that everybody wins, but everybody doesn't win. Suck it up, loser, and get over it. Right? I was getting ready to run a race several years back, and one of our granddaughters was going with Phyllis and I. I met maybe two of them were with us. And she started talking about, Grandpa, uh, you're going to win. And I said, oh, honey, I'm, I'm not going to win. See, I was being a realist. I already knew that I, I already knew I couldn't win. You know what I'm saying? Not without supernatural intervention from heaven. I didn't think God was going to cheat for me in this race. But, you know, and so I said, I said, oh, honey, I'm not going to I'm not going to win. She goes, Grandpa, where's your faith? <laughs> but the good thing about serving Jesus Christ is we can all win. Right. Amen? Amen. Because we're not competing against one another. We're just we're just in competition. If you want to say it that way, to have the best God has for our lives. Amen. And we can all win. We can all obtain the prize. It's not just one or two of us, but everybody can. And you can't, you can't judge yourself based on somebody else. You judge yourself with what God has called you to be and do. Are you listening now? You know, one church that's got thousands of members and another church that just has a few members, you can't... Now, in our minds, and even uh, it's unfortunate even Christians are this way, that we begin to think the one that's got the thousands of members is a winner, and the one that doesn't isn't. That's not necessarily so. The one that has the thousands of members, they may be totally out of the will of God. You can attract people, and you don't have to be spiritual. Food attracts people. We find long-lost members when we have food. Some people I haven't seen in years. I'm like, well, we should have food every service. As long as somebody else takes care of it, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Praise the Lord. But you know what I'm saying. So, so it's not a matter of that. You know, it's like, like one time I remember a story, uh, I think it was Josh, Dr. Barclay's son, told one time. He said one time him and dad, him, him and Dr. Barclay, were traveling, and they, on Sunday morning, were in a church preaching. Dr. Barclay was 22,000 members. 22,000 members. Josh said that night, we had left, they left that church and went to another church. He said that night, 
we were at a church of 20 members. He said when the pastor was driving Dr. Barclay to the meeting, he began to cry. The pastor did. He began to break down and cry. And Doc put his hand on him and said, whoa, what's the matter here? And he said, I cannot believe you're coming to my church. I love what Dr. Barclay said. He said, you listen here. You're 20 people out here in this cornfield deserve good preaching and a good pastor as much as the 22,000. They're God's people. Now, in, in our minds, we think different. Now, maybe you don't, but you've got to be a little bit more mature before you start thinking different. I used to be wowed by big ministries, big names on TV. Now I'd rather listen to my friends because I know how they live. Are you with me now? I don't always know how brother or sister so-and-so on TV is living necessarily, but I know how my friends are living because I know them. And I know some of them can preach just as well, if not better, than the guy on TV. I'm not knocking the guy on TV, but success isn't measured by looking at other people. Success is measured by what God's called us to do. And so Paul said, run this race to win. I want the best God has for my life. I've told God, if, you, if all you ever called me to do was this or this, I'm happy with it. Just let me know. Amen. Yeah, it doesn't have to be big. I don't, it, it just has to be God. Right? That's all I care about. Matter of fact, if it's, you know, the, the less, the smaller it is, maybe the less responsibility you have. So I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I want us to realize that we can all win tonight. Verse 25, he said, And every man that strives for the mastery or competes for the prize, or some translations say competes in athletics, but it's talking about, you know, running for a prize or for a trophy. He's temperate or he's self-controlled in all things. And now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. You know, the Super Bowl rang. What do you think that thing's going to be in 200 years? It's exciting when you get it. I've never had one. I don't know. I'm just assuming it, it, it does, you know. Uh, but my point is, all that's just natural. You know, the gold, the, the, uh, gold medal in the Olympics, it's great. Thank God for that. But you know what? That's, that's, just, that's all going to fade away. That's all going to fade away. But the crown we're going to get lasts forever. Hallelujah. So we're in a greater race than anybody. Amen. Paul said, verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly or without definite aim. He said, I know what I'm running for. So fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep under, but I keep under my body or I keep my body under, or somebody translates say, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway or literally disqualified. Now, what, what does Paul say? Well, he said, look, we're, we're running a race and we want to win. But he says, I know to win, I got to discipline my body. He said, I, 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 uh, I, you're temperate, verse 25, you're self-controlled. In other words, you restrict yourself. You, you don't just let yourself have everything your body wants. You restrict it. About a year and a half ago, I stopped. I tried to stop running. I started slowing down and started doing hit and miss stuff and trying to get it out of my system. Some of you, if you've never been a runner, you don't know, but you, you, you just got to get it out of your system. It just becomes part of you. 
And I thought, because I got to get my body some, some recoup time. I've been doing this for years and it's, it's beat up. And, you know, I can tell that, you know, and I could tell I, I, it was just time for me to, to, to sideline a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And not that, I, not that I'm saying I'm never going to pick it back up again. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. But, you know, I, I gave myself some time for my body to mend and, and recover. And then uh, I think Phyllis thinks I'm crazy because you're just going to do it again. But anyway, you know, I just I love, enjoy doing it. It's, 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 it's something I like. And uh, so but but in the process of that, you know, I I also decided to uh, let my discipline on eating have a break. And those two combos have not worked well. And I've gotten on the scales and went, whoa. And the scales said, one at a time, please. And I realized, you know, you know, as I thought about it, I thought, you know, I'm letting my, I don't want to, I don't want to, and now, you, you know, you, you, wherever you're comfortable with, I don't, you, you, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying anything about anybody's weight, but I'm just not comfortable where I'm at because I'm losing too many of my suits. All my non-fitting suits go to the front of the closet. That pile's getting bigger than the fitting ones. And I'm thinking, whoa, we, we got to stop this, you know? And I realized, you know, I'm letting my body make me miserable. I don't want to be where I'm at. You say, well, Pastor, you don't look that big. Well, I wear black. Helps you look smaller. I'm not saying that about everybody's got black on tonight. But anyway, I'm just pointing out the fact that I realize I'm letting my body dictate my life. And that's not right. I'm supposed to be the one that dictates. Amen. And Paul said, I understand. See, see, he understood, he, he understood athletics, you know, being, being in the culture he was and the games that they had. He, and he knew that the Corinthians would understand athletics, that, that analogy. He, he, he understood that because uh, he understood that if, if you're going to be good at anything in athletics, one of the things you've got to do is discipline your body. You know, there's one particular boxer. He's a very good boxer, and he has been champion in his division two times. He's lost the title twice, but he's never lost a fight yet. So how do you do that? Because two times when he showed up to fight, he was overweight and didn't make weight, and they stripped him of his title. So even though he's never been defeated... He's lost his title two times. And it's all, it, it's all because, for some reason or another, he wasn't disciplined enough to make the weight. His body cost him his title. He's no longer champion now. He wants to get back and be, be champion again in his weight division. And, uh, but he, he ha he, he's lost his title twice. Nobody's taken it away from him. His body took it away from him. And our bodies can take <laughs> the blessing of God away from us if we let them. If we let them have their way. I can tell you're all so excited about this message tonight. But if we let our bodies just rule us, they will take us places that will rob us of our peace. 
They will rob us of our joy. They will rob us. I'm not talking about heaven or hell here, folks, but they will rob us of God's best. Amen. Your body doesn't want to do things. It wants to be lazy. And I tell you, you can be, you can be lazy naturally, but you can also be lazy spiritually. And I met people that weren't lazy naturally, but when it comes to spiritual things, they were lazy. They wouldn't do their homework. They wouldn't pray when they should pray. They wouldn't feed on the Word when they should feed on the Word. They wouldn't come to church when they should be at church. You know why most people miss church? They don't have a good reason. Now, sometimes people have reasons. Sometimes things come up. That's, it's called life. Most time it doesn't. Most times because their body doesn't want to come. I'm not preaching to you. You're here. You, you brought your body tonight. All right? Thank God. Amen. You told your body we're coming. I'm the pastor of the church. I have to tell my body you're going sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't want to go. Or sometimes on Sunday morning it wants to stay in bed. But I make it get up. Because if I don't, she will. <laughs> Amen. I've told her before, you just go preach. I'm going to stay home. Oh, no, I'm not going if you're not going. So then I have to get up and go. So, you know, I just want you to understand. See, your body doesn't want to, it doesn't, your body doesn't ever want to fast. I've never had my body ever want to fast. Your body doesn't want to do things. It doesn't want to do spiritual disciplines. It wants what it wants. It wants to be lazy. It wants to be pampered. It wants to be fed. If you don't feel good, it wants somebody to know. Right? It wants to have pity parties. Nobody comes but you, but it wants to have them anyway. See what I'm talking about? See, and, and Paul understood this. He knew this. He knew this. If I'm going to be a winner, if I'm going to keep from being disqualified and having the, winning the prize, having God's best, I'm going to have to keep my body in line. Now, I understand that if Paul had to keep his body in line, I'm going to guarantee you that you and I, we still have to keep our body in line. Amen. And Paul, Paul said some things, you know. He, he said some things that uh, revealed to us. He, he talked about his body, he, you know, how you, you find a, a passage in Romans chapter 7. It seems confusing until you really study it out and you think about what Paul's saying. Paul said, the things that I, I do, I don't want to do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do, and so it's no longer I that am doing it. And you're reading that thing, and Paul, well, who's doing it then? But what he's saying is he's simply talking about his body, his flesh. His flesh, he's saying, doesn't want to do the right things. But then, he, you know, and he says it's sin working in my flesh, you know, it's in my body, a sin nature. And he said, you know, because in our spirits, we've been born again. How many know that? But our bodies are yet to be redeemed. And they still want to, it still wants to do things wrong. If that, wasn't, if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have any temptation. Amen. So, so, the, so Paul talks about that, and he, 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 he says, but, but, but if you read on in Romans 7, he says, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He said, I thank God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has delivered me. He got us born again and gave us authority. He put his spirit inside of us and gave us spirit power. Amen. Amen. See, the Bible says that we're to put to death the deeds of the body by the spirit. That the spirit within us, see, Paul said in Romans, and these are scriptures that we're not going to look at, but you could look at them later in Romans 8. Paul talked about, he said, the spirit 
The, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit's alive because of righteousness. What is he saying? He said, you can't let your body be alive in your life. You can't let it direct you. You can't let it rule you. But, you're, but the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you let him rule you. You let him direct your life. And he says, if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, he'll give us, he'll give us life to quicken us and quicken our body to behave. Spirit power to behave. And that's what Paul really means. We use the scripture for a lot of things, nothing wrong with it. But we, what talks about as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It's talking about those that are led by, in their actions by the Spirit of God to put to death the deeds of the body. How, Paul said, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're led by the Spirit, you don't even need the law because the Spirit's going to lead you the right way. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Paul said this. Matter of fact, uh, well, let, we won't go there, but let, let, let me just quote this scripture to you. First Thessalonians 1.23 says, Paul said, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be sanctified unto the coming of the Lord. And I want you to notice the order he put that in. He said spirit, soul, and body. I believe it's significant. Here's why. Because I believe in life as Christians, we're to put our spirit man first. Not what our soul wants and not what our body wants, but what our spirit man wants and what's best for him. Amen. In other words, our spiritual life is to be, is to be first in our lives. Amen. Paul said, uh, he told the church at Galatia, he said, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now I've seen Christians try to get that from the other way, from the other angle. And they try to make their flesh behave. And that never works. You have to have spirit power. Amen. You have to have spirit power. And the way you do that, he says, if you walk in the spirit... You won't fulfill the lust of flesh. What does that mean? If you put spiritual things first, you'll be so full of the power of God, so full of the things of God, that the flesh doesn't appeal to you any longer. Amen. 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 This doesn't appeal to you any longer. Somebody said, did you have a really hard time getting rid of drugs and and all that? I didn't have any problem at all because I got so full of the power of God, the Spirit, it didn't appeal to me any longer. Hallelujah. I was so full of God, I don't want any of that. And I'm still so full of God, I don't want any of it. Amen. Now, I give God the glory. He helps you. How many know that? I mean, the last, the last drugs I did was 1981. Amen. You know, I got saved in December 81. The last, last drugs I did was that weekend before I got saved. Hallelujah. Thank God. Why? Well, I found something better. I said, I found something better. And, and, and you know, when you, when you live this the way God said live it, this is, a, this is, man, this is full of joy. Hallelujah. I don't need any help from anything else. Hallelujah. You know, I, I don't need any of that. Why? Well, because I got something better. Praise God. I'm f- to stay full of the Spirit. Praise God. It's a blessing. Amen. That's beyond any of that. I've had, all, I've had both those lives. You know, nobody can tell me what the other side's like. I've already been there. I lived there. Our generation taught some things. Amen. You know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And so we had all kinds of stuff. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He has something better. Amen. Amen. Now, so, 
So we have to put it, if, if you don't put your spirit first, if you don't put it in the right order, when you get it out of order, you stop winning in life. Now, you know, here, let me just give you an example. I know I've used this before, but it, it, it really is true. Did you know most believers, and I'm not including you on this necessarily, but you just think about it, most believers spend more money on the development of their body and their mind than they do their spirit. F.F. Bosworth said, most Christians feed their, their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. He said that's why they have trouble receiving, because they're not built up spiritually. And say, so, you know, think about this. You know, there's people, <laughs> this is going to go over big, but anyway, there are people, I don't know what a gym membership costs. Now, I, I, it's, it's been a long, long time since I had a gym membership, but I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, anybody got any idea? No, maybe, huh? $20 a month. Mark, where do you go to? Bob, 20 bucks. It used to be a lot more than that. How do you do that? Yeah, didn't it used to be like a hundred and some dollars? Huh? What? What'd you say, James? Huh? Oh, oh, I got it. James said that's the senior citizens discount mark that you're getting. $20 a month. <laughs> They're thinking, he's not going to use much. <laughs> Mark, 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 Mark. <laughs> well, it used to be, what I remember, it used to be like a hundred and some dollars a month. Evidently, they're desperate for older people to come in. <laughs> well, there goes my illustration out the window. I was going to say people will pay more for a gym membership than they, they will for, you know, they'll pay for a gym membership and won't even tie the church. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh my gosh, that CD set's $25? I mean, you will, you'll meet people like that. And then they, then they go to the restaurant and spend 30 bucks on a steak. Now you tell me where the priorities are at. Come on, are you with me now? You know, one guy said this one time, I thought about it, I thought, well, there's a lot of truth in it. He said, you want to know where your priorities at? Look at your checkbook. I thought, yeah, I guess that's probably true. What are we talking about? See, see, you got, see, you can say you put your spirit man first, but do we really put our spirit man first? Is he first? Do we make sure he's fed before the body's fed? I like food. Most guys do. I mean, look at Pastor Chuck. He put on four ounces at Thanksgiving. He's still trying to get it off. Now, most guys like food, but, you know, listen, we, we, we got to come to the place where, where, like Job said, I have steamed the words of his mouth more necessary than my food. In other words, Job had an understanding that the most important part of my makeup, I'm spirit, soul, and body, but the most important part of my makeup is not my body. It's my spirit. And I need to make sure that he's fed. He's taken care of. Well, how is he fed? Well, he's fed on the Word. He's fed by the presence of God through our prayer life, our worship life, our being in the house of God, our being around the things of the Spirit. We've got to make sure that we're, we're, we're feeding our spirit man, our inner man's getting fed. 
and that we put Him first in life. Amen. And that we, we're willing to spend money to do it. Amen. But when you get it out of order, when it's your body's first, you know, like society does, because they don't know any different. You know, society, it's, you know, it's body ruled. You know, the body, everything's about the body. It seems like, you know, most of your commercials about, are about the body. All the advertisements is about something to do with your body, you know. You know what I'm saying, how to keep your body strong and healthy. There's nothing wrong with keeping your body strong and healthy. You should. It's the temple of God. But, but that, that shouldn't be our priority. We should, our priority should be our spirit. That's just, that's just something else that we do, but we, we don't. You know what I'm saying. You know, like, you know, the, all kinds of creams and potions and so forth that you put on your face and so forth and all. And I'm glad for it. If it keeps you looking young, you know, that's fine. But don't, don't let that be your focus in life. Let it be your spirit, man. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the natural things that we, we can, you know, uh, will help us, but that's not our focus. Our focus is God's Word. Our focus is the things of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. And so when we put the Spirit first then, and we do the, the right things first, we win. See, that's what, that's what Paul was saying. Walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, he's just saying before people get in trouble doing the wrong things, they first get in trouble because they're not doing the right things. If you do the right things, you won't do the wrong things. See, if you're led by the Spirit, sometimes the Spirit will tell you, don't go there, don't be in there, don't look at that, don't turn that on, don't watch that movie. Oh, that's legalism. No, it's called spiritual health. Amen? You know, and so it's not a matter that I'm a legalist or, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this really holier-than-thou person. No, I just got some common sense. I don't want to defile myself. How about you? I don't want to defile myself. You know, you can put stuff in your body that defiles your body. I used to put stuff in my body all the time, defiled my body. Why do you think you have a hangover after you drink too much? Because you've poisoned your body. That's, why, that's all it is. You've poisoned your body. We burnt brain cells like, you know, like it was a wheat field when I was coming up. Like, you know, these things are endless. You know, and then after a while, we're all like, I don't know. Thank God for God's restorative power. He restored my mind when I got saved. My mind wasn't gone, but it wasn't, it wasn't full either. And God helped me. I said, God help me. After I got saved, well, I got the life of God inside of me. Hallelujah. Start doing the right things and the renewing of my mind and God began to restore things. And hmm, thank you, Jesus. He's good. Now, Paul, let's go to First Timothy because Paul said something that I want to read there. <clears throat> First Timothy. See, if we're going to win, we can't let our body rule us. We can't do what it wants to do. We have to make it behave. And that's what I've been, what, what, you know, what I've been working on and not, not being real serious enough about it, I would still be working on. It's like a friend. I met a pastor friend of mine, or minister, he's a minister now, he's a traveling ministry, he's not pastoring any longer. But I met him, I ran into him in a church, I was at a meeting, I hadn't seen him in a long time, probably 10 years, maybe. 
maybe maybe a little longer now. And I hadn't seen him, but we were we you know we've done, we've done meetings together and stuff. And so in years gone by, and I was at this church, and I was just walking into the lobby of the church, walking out of the sanctuary, and just basically just about bumped into him. And like, oh man, how you doing? We just kind of this took up where we left off, and he said, man, you're looking good. You know, I probably had black on. Anyway. <laughs> He said, you're looking good. And I said, well, I'll too. I've been losing weight for 35 years. <laughs> he was like, I understand. Amen. Well, see, what's that show you? If you've been doing it for 35, you're not serious enough about it yet. You're still letting your body rule you. I'm admitting it to you. I've been, I've been letting my, since I stopped running, I started letting my body rule me too much. If it got hungry, I thought, well, we'll fix that. One hunger pain, it's like the world's coming to an end. Panic. That's what Phyllis said. You panic. That's what she tells me. You panic. It's all right. I guess I do. It's like, oh, my gosh. You could die from this. And that's true. If you let it go long enough, it'll kill you. But I think I overreact sometimes. I'm sure that there's, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of us could go without food for a long time and would live for many weeks. Some months, some maybe years, I don't know. <laughs> See, it, it's not a matter, it's, it's not a matter, you know, of, of uh, you know, heaven or hell. It's a matter of winning in life. Let me know that. Right. It's a matter of winning right now, winning in life. And also winning, winning in the next life, because what we're doing right now, it carries over into the next life. See, so what we're doing right now will determine what we're going to do for eternity and the rewards that we're going to have. And so we don't want our body ruling us and just, you know, you, you know, listen, yeah, we're talking about sin. We're talking about a lot of things here. We're talking about not just sin, but we're talking about obeying God, doing, doing spiritual things. Paul said, you're to give your body a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is just a reasonable service. It's just reasonable for God to get our bodies. Hallelujah. You know, um, and here in Timothy, Paul said this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, uh, But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself. Well, I lost a lot of people right there, right? I don't do exercise. Exercise yourself. How many know exercise means you got to work out, right? Exercise yourself rather unto goddess. So you got to exercise godliness, you got to work out. And for, your bodily, for bodily exercise profits little, or some translates for a little while. So bodily exercise, you know, it's good, nothing wrong with it. You should do it, but it's only profiting for a little while just while you're here in this earth. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So Paul is talking about that you can train your body spiritually. And you should train your body spiritually, not just physically. Right. Not just physically. Some people have, there are people that have a really disciplined life, really disciplined uh, physically, naturally. I, one of the great generals of the church, uh, he's, he went to heaven about, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago, Dr. Frederick Casey Price. And um, Brother Price, was he was always a disciplined person. I mean, he was extremely disciplined, you know. 
I know Dr. Barclay said when he had him at his church, he said, you take him out to eat, and he would get this and that, and then he would get dessert. But he said he would only eat so many bites of each thing. He wouldn't finish anything. He never would let his body have all it wanted. And he looked that way, too. I mean, you know, he was trim and fit. And, and you know, God let that anointing get on me. I have to work at it. You know what I'm saying? But, but you, you, could be, you could be disciplined that way, and that's good. And, and, all, and, and, and Dr. Price was. I mean, he was just a disciplined person. And he was a holy man of God. We need more like him. Amen. We need TV preachers that have the standards like he had. He hated what God hated, and he loved what God loved. Whether you liked him or not, you couldn't find anything wrong with his lifestyle. You might not like everything he said, because he said some things pretty strong sometimes. I happened to like it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, he made me mad a few times, but you get over it, right? <laughs> you know, just suck it up, buttercup. Amen. But his disciplined lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? His discipline, and he was disciplined spiritually. He was disciplined spiritually, and he was disciplined naturally. Well, listen, Paul is saying this in Timothy. He said, you, you, you need to exercise. Yeah, exercise your body. It's going to profit you for a little. It's going to profit some. You need that. But he said the thing that you need to do is exercise your spirit, man, because that, that exercise godliness, because that's profitable now and in the life to come. It'll cause you to win right now, and it'll cause you to win in the life to come. There are ministers, they got disqualified because they couldn't, control their body. Man, I've had minister acquaintances that, you know, they, they, they got disqualified, not from heaven, but just disqualified for God's best because they couldn't control their body. They, they weren't disciplined. Amen. And, uh, you know, we don't want that. I said we don't want that. Amen. You know, your body, it's, it's nuts sometimes. You've got to make it behave. I, I talk about food because I understand that. I mean, I understand sometimes I let my body do things that shouldn't, you know. And I know beforehand I shouldn't be doing it. There's just, how you know the Spirit of God can tell you even small things? I'll even have a witness. You know, I, like, I'll look at the menu and, and uh, you know, and, and I'll see that 22-ounce steak and I'll feel something inside of me saying, no, don't do that. I'm thinking... But I want to. <laughs> I won't eat the rest of the day. And that's a lie right there. You know what I'm saying? But that's what, the, you'll excuse it. You'll, you'll dismiss that. I won't eat the rest of the day. You know, and, and, and you hear this voice like, get the six ounce filet. Don't get the 22 ounce porterhouse. Why are you guys looking at me like that? I, I'm not telling you that God's telling you that. But I'm just saying, if you're trying to lose weight, you probably should get the six ounce filet. That doesn't mean you can't get the 22-ounce one every now and then. Just don't get it every time. All right, I'm in your business, right? But anyway, I'm just talking about being disciplined, amen? You know, and I'm just, I'm just using this natural, naturally, but, but it's there. It's there in the Spirit. We need it in the Spirit. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Come on, did you get something tonight? I'm going to look at this in one more scripture real quickly. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. You're not going to like this scripture any better than the others. 1 Peter chapter 4. But, but there's a thing we have to understand that if we're going to serve God and we're going, to be, we're going to be victorious, it's going to require some suffering. Come on. 
It's going to require some suffering. If you're going to be good at anything, you're going to have to suffer some to get there. It just requires it. You can't get there without some suffering. Even spiritually, you're going to have to suffer some. What does it mean? Well, you're just going to have to suffer. You're going to have to sacrifice. Look what Peter said, verse 1 of chapter 4. He says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. See, we're supposed to have a mind of suffering. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Now, in our circles, we don't talk about suffering because we always say, well, Jesus suffered for us so that we don't have to suffer. Exactly. We don't have to suffer what he suffered for us, but we still have to suffer in the flesh by telling the flesh no. That's the suffering we suffer. We don't suffer car wrecks. We don't suffer sickness. We don't suffer lack for Jesus' sake. Jesus suffered it for our sake. But one thing he did not do was he did not get rid of your flesh for your sake. You've got to do that yourself. While you're on this earth, you've got to say no to the flesh. And sometimes that's suffering. Amen. Anytime you discipline your flesh, your flesh screams back at you. Stop it. You're killing me. I remember when I first started running years and years ago. I hated running. I'd tried it before, and I'd get a quarter mile and think, this is stupid. My key fob still worked. I wasn't that far away from the vehicle. I could still unlock the doors, and I'd quit already. Real champion for you know, and so I, but I had to push through that when I got real serious about that. I'm going to get serious about this. I had to push through that. I mean, I remember, you know, for the first mile, my body's screaming, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're killing me. Mile two, you're killing me. You're killing me. It, this was the way it worked for me. It works different for different people. But when I get to two and a half, mile two and a half, then it would shut up and say, well, I guess you're going to do it. Go ahead. You have to push through it. Spiritually, you've got to push through it. Amen. I've lost you. Hallelujah. But anyway, you're going to have to suffer if you're going to be successful. No, not suffer the things Jesus suffered, but suffer in the flesh. He says, when you suffer in the flesh, you cease from sin. And you don't have to any longer live your life in the, in the, to, to the lust of men, but you can live it to the will of God. What do you think's better? The lust of men or the will of God? I ask you a question. What do you think's better? The lust of men or the will of God? What do you think's going to bring more blessing to your life? Of course, God's got, He's only got good things for us. But how are we going to get there? Well, we have to say no to the body. We have to tell the body, no, you're not having your way. Amen. You know, when it's time to pray, we're going to pray. Well, I don't want to pray. I don't want to sleep. You shut up or I'm going to get you out of bed at 6 in the morning. Like Brother Higgins said one time, you know, he prayed, you know. He was praying in the Spirit. Prayed for an hour and he got done. The devil said, you know, well, you just wasted an hour. He said, just for that, I'm going to go down there and pray another two more hours. And he said, I got done. The devil said, you wasted all that time. He said, just for that, I'm going to get down there and do it again. Sometimes you've got to do your flesh that way. You don't shut up. I'm going to, I'm going to pray more. Amen. Now, look at this. This is the last scripture. This is really something 
to think about. James chapter 3. Come on, God's, God's got something good for us. He wants us to win, but we gotta, we got to run the win. we got to run the win. we got to be disciplined. we got to tell the body no. we got to tell the body what it's going to do. Not let it tell us what it's going to do. It, don't let your body run your life. You run your, you run your body. Body, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do because the body will. It'll tell you we're not going to pray. We're not going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. No, we're not. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. See, don't you think the devil still tempts people? Even if you've been safe for years and years and years. My body still remembers. Listen, my body still remembers the things it did years ago. Of course it does. I was out, this has been a few years back. Some of you got shocked when I told you this, but you can't, your body's goofy. Now, I'm not condemning anybody, okay, what I'm about to say, but I, I really, I like, I grew up, I, I, I like to smoke anything. If it burned, I wanted to smoke it. I'm talking about from a kid. I tried to buy cigarettes at the grocery store when I was like 12 years old. And the lady behind the counter was like, who's these for? I said, they're for my dad. She goes, is he outside there? And I said, well, no, he, he sent me here to get them. She said, well, I'm not selling them to you. What a good woman. You know, today they just give them to you. Give them to your six-year-old today. He's like, I don't care. But anyway... And when I got home, I was riding my motorcycle. I went to the local store. We, you know, we, we, in those days, there was a lot of these communities, country communities, and they had stores and stuff, a gas station stuff, just small little communities and all. So I went in there and to get the cigarettes, and so she wouldn't sell me these. When I got home, she had called my parents. <laughs> Told them your son tried to buy cigarettes. Well, you know, I started smoking when I was young, and they, they you know, mom had killed me if she'd known it um dad was more tolerant but she wasn't she'd have, she'd have, she'd have, she'd have killed me i wouldn't be here tonight <laughs> somebody else be pastor in this church but i like to smoke you know and my body's never forgot about that but my body you know every once in a while it'll raise up you know i'll see you know i'll see uh, you know i remember just years ago years ago i was out for a run i saw a full cigarette land on the side of the the trail there, and it's like my body said, hey, get that and smoke that. I said, shut up, fool. You ain't getting it. Come on, am I, am I being real with you? My body hadn't forgot those things. I was like, I think it was a couple summers ago, I was driving down Burkhart, and this guy, he was driving his truck, and I don't know, he was smoking a hillbilly cigar. And I mean, he was not just smoking up his truck. He's smoking up the whole street of Burkhart. Anybody wanted to roll their windows down could have smoked a cigar with him. You know what I'm saying? And I liked cigars. I liked pipe tobacco cigars. And, and in my flesh, I, get closer to him, man. Smell that. Come on. It's not like you're doing it. It's like he's sinning and you can get the benefits off this. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to have to turn on Oak Grove Road and get, away, get out from behind this guy. Now, you see, your flesh is goofy. Everybody say the flesh is goofy. And, and listen, I, listen, I understand. I understand. I don't, I don't trust my body. I make it behave. I don't trust it. 
I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I don't have any control. I'm saying I don't trust it. And if you don't think that's so, Paul said he he had to discipline in us to keep it under. He's writing First Corinthians. He's the chiefest of the apostles, and he said, "I got to keep under." Well, if he did, I do. Amen. I make it behave. But look what James said. We'll close right here. Come on. James chapter 3, verse 2. He says, if, But in many things we offend all, or we all offend in many things. If, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Isn't that something? That's, that's, almost, like, that's almost like, how can this be? Well, here's the thing. Paul is saying, or James is saying, if you have the power to control your tongue, that means you don't talk bad about people. You don't gossip. You don't slander. You don't speak unbelief. You don't speak doubt. If you have that kind of power, he said, you will have the power to control your whole body. And now what he said? See, listen to the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible says, For we often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things. He's fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and curb. Now listen, curb his entire nature. Pull it to the curb. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's very revealing. See, what, what are we saying? Well, look, one of the things, if you, can get, if you can stop gossiping, if you can stop slandering, if you can stop evil speaking, if you can stop speaking unbelief and doubt, negativity, wrong words, if you can stop doing that, James said, it will cause you to have the power to control your entire body. It will make it easy to take care of that body. Well, you've got to work on your mouth. Right. Amen. Because one thing... The, the tongue is one of the hardest things to control. And Paul said, or James said, if you can do that, you'll be able to take care of everything and curb your entire nature. So guess what? Good practice, good practice of getting a hold of your body and your flesh is get a hold of your tongue. Hallelujah. And you just say, you're not saying that. You're not talking that way. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever known you're about ready to say something you shouldn't say? And you just need to, don't bark, buster. <laughs> you remember that story? Yeah. We used to go visit Phyllis and I went to visit an older lady. She lived in these senior apartments, I think they were. She was one of our partners years ago before we were pastoring. And so we, we went to see her. I don't know, she was having some physical problems, you know. So we, we're, we're going to go pray for her, you know. And uh, we went up to her place and, you know, she had... A, a screen door, you know, and we saw this little dog, man. He put his paws up on that screen, and he's he's not barking, but he's acting like he's barking. He's going, and you could hear her going, Buster, don't bark, don't bark. So we get in, and she she tells us the story. She says, Well, you're not allowed to have a dog here, but I talked him into let me have my dog, and they said you could I could have my dog as long as he doesn't bark. Well, dogs bark. But she had trained Buster not to bark. I'm telling you what, Buster had controlled his tongue. He could control his entire body. Amen. You got to train your tongue. Don't bark. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't do it. 
you get that under control, James said, the rest is a piece of cake. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.